0: Good morning, Simple Church, and welcome to Simple Church, where we love God, we love people, and serve the world. My name is Tim Toole. I'm the Connect Pastor. I'm going to answer the most important question in that list there. Yes, you can have an appetizer as a meal, preferably multiple appetizers as meals, because when you go in, you order the $30 main plate, and that's all you get. You get a big piece of steak and then a whole bunch of vegetables and, and potatoes. I don't want that. I want lots of little, little, bitty things. Right? Well, welcome to Simple Church. I got, I got a round of applause from somebody. Was it you, Spicer? Yeah. Well, welcome to Simple Church. If you're a first-time guest with us here today, I want to say thank you, and this is a round of applause for you. Thank you for joining us today. In the back of your seats, you'll see what we call our Connect card, Uh, and I would encourage you to fill that out. If you're a first-time guest, fill that out, and after service, take it to the Connect table. We've got a gift bag there for you, but it also gives us an opportunity to reach out to you later on this week to connect with you and and get to see who you are and how you're doing. Um, And then... Save the rest of that Connect card for any kind of notes that you want to take. So write down appetizer as a meal. That's the first note on there. That's what you're going to walk away with. Um, And then next, I want to say happy Father's Day to all the dads. Happy Father's Day, dads. (laughs) We've got a treat for you. For the mothers, we usually do chocolate-covered strawberries. For the dads, today we've got you gross pretzel pretzel rods. They're not gross-gross, but they were made by the grosses. Daniel and Kalina Gross made chocolate-covered pretzel rods, that have been crusted with bacon and stuff, so grab, make sure you grab those on your way out and, uh, and, and thank them for, for serving and blessing our dads in that way. I got a couple of quick announcements for you. I'm gonna turn because I screwed them all up for service. Reynoldsburg, 4th of July Parade. We've, we participate in the 4th of July Parade and we bring everybody. It is like crazy what our, our float ends up looking like and the people that we have participating in it and we would love to have you participate in it. There's probably not a sign up at the gift services even though it says there is, if you want to sign up, go to the guest services and say, I want my sign up sheet, and they'll get you a piece of paper to sign up. But the more the merrier, this, the 4th of July parade is a great shindig. Growth track, growth track is going on right now. So you're in here, which is a good place to be, but if you have not participated in growth track, we encourage you to, to, to take those four steps. Right now we're doing uh, step three. Uh, Daniel Gross is leading step three, and we encourage each and everybody, anybody that's interested in being a partner, to, to participate in Growth Track, you will you'll have a better understanding of not who not just who Simple Church is and and our vision for the community, but you'll have a better idea of who you are and what God's vision is for you. So so please take part in Growth Track. Any other slides? Okay, cool. Excellent. Well, hey, good morning. I haven't been up here in a long time, and it's it's always it's always cool to have the opportunity to speak. You know, Aaron was getting ready to go on vacation and. He said, I need you to cover one of my Sundays. And he goes, would you, would you care to preach a sermon? I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. He goes, cool. We're doing a You ask For It series. I would like you to deal with the issue of dealing with difficult people. So, oh, yeah, I can do that. He goes, yeah, because you're a difficult person. Tell us how people deal with you. <laughs> and then, I mean, I should just have other people up here talking about how they deal with me. But, but, but we, have, we all deal with difficult people, right? Anybody here deal with difficult people? You've got them in your life. If you're in relationship with anybody in this world, you deal with difficult people. And, and you might be thinking right now in your head, your list of difficult people, that it's just like rambling off names. I got a whole bunch of names of people that are difficult. They're, they're all over the place. Max Lucado said this, some people have been called to be missionaries of misery sent into this world to wreak havoc you might know a team of missionaries that are working on you, right? That this, this, there's just a group of people that are, that, are, that are hitting you, making life miserable for you. Guess what? You might be one of those missionaries. You might be a missionary of misery. And your calling is to make life miserable for, for people around you. Anybody here a missionary of misery? Yeah, you know you all are, and to some extent, I am. There are people in here that could say that I am their misery missionary. Anybody wanna raise hands? I can't see you. Yeah, I can. We all are. Difficult people are all around us, and you know what? We are too. So now that I've opened up with this wonderful insult to all of you and you wanna listen to more of what I have to say, let's move on. My hope here, ultimately, is that when we walk out of here, we have a better understanding of of not just who difficult people are or why they're difficult, but how we're supposed to respond to difficult people. And, and ultimately, how, how we need to change as a difficult person. For as much as we can plate the blame on everybody else, know that, that we wrestle with the same issues. So where do we begin? Let's begin with a DNA of difficult people. Why are people difficult? Now, it's easy to talk about how people are difficult. We, we, we can have the, the, the symptoms that express themselves as the how. So if you've got the flu, you've got, you know that you've got the flu because you're, you're, you've got a fever, you're sweating, your body hurts. Those are the symptoms of the flu, that you've got something inside of you that is making your body a mess. And when it comes to difficult people, we can talk about the hows. How people are difficult is the symptoms of what's going on inside of them. And, and so there's like a, a wide variety of different types of difficult people. They're the hammers. People that are hammers, they're aggressive and harsh. I'm right, you're wrong. It's my way or no, or, or no way, it's, they're, they're intimidators. And we, we know these people. Some are Debbie Downer types. They just, they just drag you down. Everything is bad, everything is, is critical. There's, there's nothing good. Some people are nitpickers where they just like hyper-focus on one little thing and, and that's it. They just pick, 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 pick on that. They drive me nuts. Some people work, work sarcasm like a jab to the nose. Anybody good with sarcasm? I'm not good with sarcasm. <laughs> Other people wield the silent treatment like a razor blade, just nipping away, cutting at you here and there. Some people are volcanoes, and they erupt with no warning. And some people are like garbage collectors. They carry the, the, the bags of hurt and offense, and they just pull that out at the right time and, and, and say, here here's this trash, how does that smell? These are just some of the variations. I know there are more, you probably know there are more. You can can be thinking about the difficult person that that is first and foremost in your head, and say, well, this this is how they are. But the how is not necessarily the why. These are just the outward expressions, all symptoms of the deeper issues, of how the DNA of a difficult person plays out. So why are people difficult? The quick and easy answer is, they just have jerk DNA. They're just, they're just jerks. They got that in them. And, you know, as I was prepping for this sermon, I found an article that said people are predispositioned genetically to be kinder people, which means that people are predispositioned to be jerkier people, right? That's the rationalization. They just have jerk DNA. I have jerk DNA. But, but scripturally and biblically and... and and, and realistically, that is not the core focus there. We're going to look at three S's. Sin, selfishness, and suffering. These, these three are at the core of difficult people. These are at the core of people. We can remove the difficult aspect and know that people struggle with sin, selfishness, and suffering. The primary issue is sin. And that's just not a word we like to throw around, is it? It's, it's a harsh word. It's a true word, that the, the sin in this world, the sin in us is at the, at, at the core, the difficulties of everything that we face is sin, and we all wrestle with it. Paul speaks to this quite clearly in Romans three twenty three. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, we all do. Now, as believers, verse 24 is the wonderful hope. As believers in Christ, we have the relief that in verse 24, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of sins. Oh, there's a breath of fresh air and, and, and relief there, right, that, that sometimes as believers we can forget this. We've been, we've been freed from the penalty of our sins. However, the freedom from the penalty of sin is different than being free and clear of the reality of, this, of sin in the here and now. We're free from the penalty, however, we still wrestle with it, right? As, as believers, we still wrestle with sin in our lives and sin in the world. And as people struggle against or wallow in their sin, they become difficult to deal with, right? And, and as we struggle with, wrestle with, or wallow in our sin, we have a hard time dealing with difficult people. That, that sin just messes everything up. Now, I want to say that this is not a rationalization for doing what we do. Don't, you just can't walk around and go, well, you know, I've got, I've got that sin in me. That's, that's just the way it is. I'm, I'm okay with it. That, that's the way I am. It's, it's not a rationalization, but if we can look at it, if we can acknowledge it for what it is, we might be in a better place to respond to it, both in our lives and the lives of the difficult people. Now, two of the secondary issues that, uh, of sin that play on our lives may be a clearer representation, something that's a little bit more like uh, closer to, to symptoms, but, but are selfishness and suffering. Selfishness. We can all claim this, right? Anybody here Selfish? I totally am, I, I, I come up with so many rationalizations for doing the things that I wanna do for me because, because I'm selfish. We, we can live with these goggles of, of mirrors on our face that really just look back at me, they look back at us. That how we respond to, to situations around us is, is all for, for, for my good, but, but really that selfishness just brings about a whole bunch of difficulty. James 3.15 says, For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. Let's say I've got this nice, red, shiny balloon, and I walk back into kids' ministry in the the three- to six-year-old room, and I give that one balloon to the one kid, and the other 13 kids are watching. What do you think is going to happen back there? Do you think they're all going to go, hey, look, Bobby's got a balloon. It's so awesome. It's going to go crazy in there. They all were going to want that balloon. And that kid with the balloon is going to be clutching hold of that balloon, ready to throw an elbow at anybody that comes close to him because it's mine. It's, it's mine. That might happen in here. I could give Charlie a balloon, and everybody just starts eyeballing Charlie. Oh, I want what he's got. That, that's the that's selfishness in us. We want what we want. I want what you have. And when you're dealing with people that are so selfish, that becomes freakishly difficult, right? And suffering, suffering is similar. Suffering can play out itself out a little bit more out in the open. Uh, selfishness plays out a little bit more out in the open, but, but suffering is, is more internal, and you might not fully see what's going on. Most of us are, are, are good at hiding their, our core issues of suffering. We can show up here on a Sunday morning, put on the smiley face. We might act like a jerk, but, but inside we've got this, this festering suffering that's going on. And, and that can look like all sorts of stuff. You might be having marital issues. Your job may be wretched. Financially you may be crashing and burning. Your kids might be out of control. For me, I just need like a hangnail. If I've got a hangnail, I can become the most miserable person to deal with. You don't know that I have a hangnail, you just think I have jerk DNA. But when you look at the the issues of of difficult people, some of that's coming from the suffering that they're dealing with that you have no clue is going on. They're not out in the open, but they play themselves off as difficult DNA. Think of the things that can go wrong in your life. What are the things that you suffer with that make you difficult? We all have those issues. And and part of dealing with difficult people is acknowledging that people have those issues instead of just jumping right to the the conclusion that that they're a jerk. You don't know what they're suffering with, but that suffering can be amplifying their selfishness, and that suffering and selfishness is, is just playing into the this, this sin that, that we have in our lives already. And these are all issues of people, not just difficult people. But why are we here today? You didn't want to hear about, you know, how people are difficult. We know that. The why is nice, but that doesn't really give me anything to do. How do we deal with difficult people? What, what needs to be our response the issues we're gonna look at, we're gonna look at what our response shouldn't be, followed by an instead of what it should be. First off, when dealing with difficult people, do not jump into their mess. Second Timothy 2.23 says, again, I say don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. Do not get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. I wanna be clear that this is not saying do not get involved with difficult people. It's not saying to remove yourself from relationships that are difficult. It's it's saying don't get involved in in the difficult symptoms, right? Don't get involved in the arguments. Don't take the bait of the difficult person's symptoms and ultimately have their symptoms in your life. The great theologian George Bernard Shaw said, and he wasn't a great theologian, never wrestle with pigs. You both get dirty and the pig likes it. Some people who are selfish and suffering are only comfortable when you are in their mess with them. Right? There's a lot of amens there. That's, that's where they're happy. That's where they're content that the, the, the pain that they're feeling, the, the symptoms that they're portraying are, are relieved in some form or fashion when you're in the mess with them And when you're in the mess with them, you are of no help. Your symptoms are going to play out in that mess as well. Your selfishness and your suffering is going to play out right there as well. Do not jump into their mess. Stay above the fray. Instead, be kind, prepared, and patient. 2 Timothy, again, I say, don't get involved in foolish, ignorant arguments that only start fights. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. Instead, be kind, prepared, and patient. Kill them with kindness. It's not really killing them with kindness, encourage them with kindness. Be prepared to respond in a way that you can offer a hand up. Don't jump in their mess, encourage them out of their mess. Encouraging words, prayer, give them, give them some sort of kindness and hope to come up. That is contagious. Kindness is contagious. Encouragement is contagious. Then when you have the opportunity to encourage someone and that person responds to it, it, it it impacts others. Just like jumping into the mess with somebody who's in their mess impacts others. Go the right way. Bring, help bring them out. And know that that, that process is, is probably going to be a, a long time coming. That it's going to be a process. Paul says to be patient. That when we're dealing with difficult people, some of those people have been suffering for a long time. That their focus on themselves is, has been so focused and so ingrained that that they don't know how to step out of it right away. But as brothers and sisters, we have the opportunity to be patient and and consistent and offer with the hopes of seeing something change. Don't jump into their mess, but be kind, prepared, and patient. And when dealing with difficult people, do not retaliate. That's a stupid one. I like retaliation. Retaliation is fun. Yet we're called not to retaliate. First Peter says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. That is a hard one. That is, it's a hard one for me. Hard one for anyone else? It's a hard one. You know, I've got, I've got a relationship in my neighborhood that has just been wretched for over a year. And people that I've shared the stories with, you know, agree with me. It is just like beyond Jerry Springer freakish. And and especially early on, where I found myself was planning my retaliation. What words I was gonna say. When he said this, this is what I'm gonna say. Or when he did this, this is what I'm gonna do. I I was, I was in his mess ready to retaliate that verbally or physically i was i was getting prepared now you might have relationships with difficult people that they're like well you know i'm not there i'm not going to verbally or physically retaliate to people but if i were to look at your social media sources if i were to look at your facebook and see how you've responded to comments from people you know people you don't know on on facebook or twitter and would would there be retaliation in there? Would, your, would there be r- words of retaliation in there? You know, when there's, when there's this, this space and this safety apart from actually being face-to-face someone through emails, texts, or Facebook, we can say some stupid stuff that, that there's retaliation. It doesn't even have to be face-to-face. That, that typed words, especially in, in our culture today, would be, could be seen as retaliation. Our own sense of selfishness, our, our, our self-preservation or justice prompts us to respond in retaliation. We're, we're getting them good. We're getting them good. But we're called not to, to retaliate. Instead, to be a blessing, to be the shiny. First Peter says, don't repay evil for evil. Don't retaliate with insults when people insult you. Instead, pay them back with a blessing. That is what God has called you to do, and He will grant you His blessing. Don't respond with to darkness with darkness. Respond to it with with light, with with being the shiny, with with being a blessing. Respond with patience and humility and service and love. You know, most of the people that most of the difficult people that we deal with, we know them. It's not the, the the bozo in front of you and Kroger who's just huffing and gruffing at at the cash register because she's moving too slow. And it's not the guy that cuts you off on, on the highway who's just making you angry. Those difficult people are just like a, a moment, an instant, and, and really you should be responding to them well too. But, but the, the difficult people in our lives, we know them. We, we know them well, more often than not, very intimately, that, that they they could be your neighbor or your coworker, or somebody that lives in your house. They might be your family member. And, and we're called to, to not retaliate to them, but, but to bless them. And, and with an understanding of who they are, we have the opportunity to do just that. But we gotta step out of our selfishness and step out of our suffering to be able to respond to them in the way that God has called us to. that if we just stay focused on ourselves, we won't. But I know that when, when, when I'm struggling with my kids and, and I could claim that they're being the difficult ones, I know them. How can I not be difficult in a way that, that I can bless them, that I can encourage them? They might need to be disciplined, but in that discipline can be loving reactions as well. Most of the difficult people in our lives, we know. And we can figure out a way to speak their love language and to bless them in a significant way. Don't jump into their mess, don't retaliate, and don't be selfish. Again, James 3.15, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly and spiritual and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfishness, selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. The worst counterattack to selfishness is selfishness. That if our response to difficult people that are being selfish is, is the exact same thing, then we've done just what we started off in the beginning. Don't, we've jumped into their mess. We've responded in kind. We've given in to our sinful predispositions to deal with their sinful dispositions. Two wrongs don't make a right, they make a mess. Relationally, they just make a mess. And there is no winner. Don't be selfish, instead, sympathize. Set aside your own sin, your own selfishness, your own suffering. Instead, sympathize with a difficult person in front of you, knowing that there's a hurting person in front of you. There's a hurting person in front of you. First Peter, finally, all of you should be of one mind, sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Try to understand what the other person's going through. You might not have responded in the same way but but when you when you see somebody struggling, when you see somebody suffering if you if you see somebody that's exemplifying the symptoms of of difficult DNA, try to sympathize with them, try to figure out where they 're coming from. You have a much better chance of responding in a way that is going to be Beneficial and Christ-like if, if you take the opportunity to try to grasp where they are and how God would have you respond. Sympathize with them. So what ways would God have us respond to others? I'm gonna read through three verses really quick, but pay attention and figure out what the what the unifying theme is. Galatians 5.14, For the whole law can be summed up in this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. Romans 13.8, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Matthew 5.43, you have heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. Is so that how we're we supposed to deal with difficult people? We're supposed to love them. We're supposed to love them, and this is... This is not that bubbly, feel good love th- kind of thing that you see on TV where, where people are Twitter-pated and fall in, in, in hardcore crushes with people. This is, this is an action. Love is an action. Love as an effort. Love as a discipline. It is, it is a focused, purposeful response to the situation and the people around you. It's a discipline and will take some focus and effort. You know, if I revisit 2 Timothy, it says, A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but must be kind to everyone, be able to teach, and be patient with difficult people. If, if I've got to be prepared to teach and equipped to be patient, I've, I've, got, I've got to focus on that beforehand. I've got to put some effort into it and thought into it beforehand. My, my, boy, my boy is a Boy Scout, and our troop got invited to a hike called Philmont. And if you're not familiar with what Philmont is, Philmont is an eight-day hike in the mountains of New Mexico where you start out at 5,500 feet, and through the week, depending on which peak you climb, you're gonna hit either 11,000 feet or 14,000 feet. So in that eight days, we're gonna climb at least 6,000 feet up and down, and we've got the opportunity to participate in that. If that hike was next week, I'm totally screwed. I'm going to die in the first half hour. I'm, I'm, I'm like, my chest is hurting thinking about it because I am, I am totally not prepared. I have done nothing to prepare. That's why they've given us a year, year and a half to prepare for it, that we've got this big mountain to climb and i got to be prepared for it. Some of the difficult people in our lives are big mountains. They're big mountains, and even if they're small, hills. We've got to equip ourselves. We've got to prepare. We've got to focus on the task at hand and what's coming at us so that, so when we hit that hill, when we hit that mountain, when that difficult person comes into our life, our response is not just to shut down, put the selfish goggles on and and wallow in our own sin and suffering, but that we're, but that we're equipped for the person that's come. That's okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into their mess. What I'm going to do is Without a hand, that I'm not, I'm not going to be selfish, I'm, I'm going to sympathize, I'm going to figure out how to sympathize, I'm not going to retaliate, I'm going to figure out how it is that I can bless them, but if we wait until the moment shows up, it's like, oh, crap, what am I supposed to do? Oh, well, I'm just going to retaliate and throw an elbow. We, ha- we have to equip ourselves and prepare ourselves ahead of time. How can you love a difficult person today? What can you do to prepare? First and foremost is pray. Pray. 1 Thessalonians 5:16 through 18. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Can you imagine getting to a place where you're thankful for the circumstance of being in the life of a difficult person? Because you're prepared that there's there's actually some joy in your heart because you get to to figure out how to respond in a Christ-like way to the difficult person in front of you. Pray. Pray specifically for the difficult people. Pray for them, pray with them. Pray God's blessings into their lives. Pray for their heart, mind and spiritual transformation. Pray for them as though you love them. Pray for your heart to soften. Pray for your heart, mind, and spiritual transformation to happen so that you can respond properly to the difficult people in front of you. Pray that your sin, selfishness, and suffering can be set aside so that you can follow through on what God has called you to do. Pray that you can respond in a right way. Pray specifically for those people in those situations. I'm going to assume that that if I were to give you a sheet of paper and and I were to ask you to write down the, the three most difficult people in your life, the only challenge would be how to pick the top three. That it wouldn't necessarily be three. I don't think I have three. I got three. I got, I got more than three. I'm one of those three. But be, but be specific. Specific. Pray specifically for those people. Not just, okay, I'm praying for difficult people in my life. I'm going to pray for Tim. So the next time I interact with him, I might be better prepared to respond. Pray for them specifically. Next thing you can do is listen. James 119, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Listen, listen to them. Ask questions, be curious. You see somebody reacting in a strange way, ask, ask questions to figure out why. What are they struggling with? If you ask the right questions, if you show interest in somebody else, they will probably tell you. They will probably tell you. And if you can understand who they are and what they're suffering with, you might be able to to bless them. Take the focus off of you and place it on them. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And not only listen to them, but listen to God. There are often times where where prayers get thrown up and you feel that the duty is over with. I I prayed. I threw my prayer out to God. Okay, now I'm going to do what I want to do. I got got the first step out of the way. I'm good. I prayed. But now I'm going to take matters into my own hands. So I encourage you to to listen to him. Listen to him and and seek out the answers to your prayer. Listen to him in your prayers. Listen to him in his word. Listen to him in the counsel of, of other believers. Listen to him. He's the one that's got the answers for you. On my own, I'm probably just going to make everybody mad. But if I listen to him and I respond to him, chances are way better that things are going to work out in a way that is pleasing to him. Listen. Pray and listen. And finally, forgive and ask for forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32, Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Maybe you're holding on to something for someone. If somebody has hurt you and offended you and you're clinging to that, that you hold it against this person, my encouragement to you is to forgive them. Figure out how to do it. Release that burden from you. That That if you can forgive a difficult person, if you can forgive something that somebody's done to you you may be in a much better place to respond, right? But then also ask for forgiveness. So there are are a handful of people in this room that I've had the opportunity to ask for forgiveness for, some of them several times. In my last congregation, it was probably more than half of them. And I'm not not saying that because I'm proud of, of ticking people off, but I know that in my life, when I am selfish and suffering and focused on my desires, I do and say stupid stuff. I do and say stupid stuff. And I've learned that that being quick to ask for forgiveness is probably even more, more important than being quick to ask, being quick to forgive. that in my experience, that is, that is probably one of the, the biggest relationship savers that has played out in my life is, is to ask for forgiveness. To be able to go and confess and say, look here, I did this. I am so sorry. I will try not to do this again. You have permission to tell me when I'm doing this again so that I can figure out how to stop doing this. And even follow it up with, is there anything else I need to ask for forgiveness for? I'm a dude, I'm oblivious to a lot of stuff. But if you you feel you need to ask for forgiveness from someone, do it. Do it. That might might solve the solution for you being a difficult person in somebody else's life. Right? That, That as much as I don't want difficult people in my life, I don't want to be a difficult person either. Take the initiative and ask for forgiveness. Forgive and ask for forgiveness. And remember, you will never have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven you. You will never have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven you. Don't close your arms to others when God has extended his arms to you. As as believers, we forget this sometimes. We forget the forgiveness and the grace that we have that comes from being a believer in Christ. We forget, we forget that section of, of Romans. Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. He forgave us. And we can forget But if we remember, if we remember, we can respond in that. We can totally respond in that. Not just in his grace, but in his strength. And and ultimately, that response is the transformation in us. How do we deal with difficult people? Prayerfully seek life transformation in ourselves. It starts here. I can't make you less difficult. God can see me be less difficult. And I can respond in a more loving way. We'll call one of our guitar dudes up who's playing guitar today. Is he out in the hallway? I ran short. I'm not difficult, I'm running short. Let's take a moment, if you would, Close your eyes, bow your heads, nobody's looking. Picture, picture that difficult person. Don't picture just a difficult person. Picture the difficult person. I don't know who that is. That could be your spouse, that could be your kid, that could be your boss. That could be your neighbor. That could be you. Picture that person. How is it that you need to respond to that person this week? Can you be praying for them this week? Maybe you have the opportunity to actually pray with them. That you might be able to ask a question, listen to the answer, and be able to respond right there and then with a prayer. Maybe that person is someone that you need to forgive. That they've hurt you, they've done something against you, and you can even see it, almost like it's a a physical reality sitting right out there that you could grab. Prayerfully let that go. Forgive them. Or maybe you realize that you're the difficult person. And you need to go to somebody else. Go to the person that you know you are just that misery missionary. And you need to to ask them for forgiveness. Can you do that this week? Visualize that opportunity, and this week, take advantage of that opportunity. You'll never have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven you. And in that right there, give thanks, give praise. Thanks God, thank God the Father for sending his son Jesus here to live and die and live again as a response to, to us and his love for us. Remember that. Give praise. Give thanks. Regularly. Don't let that go by the wayside. Now you might be sitting here thinking, "Yeah, I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that relationship with God. Maybe His arms are open to me, but that's not where I am right now." Well, I, I want to encourage you to be there. I'm going to say a little prayer and 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 know that, that this prayer is is not a magic incantation. That really it's just a a way to verbalize what, what he's called us to do, to to confess and believe, to confess confess Jesus Christ as the Son of God who died on the cross for our sin. To believe in that you don't have to wait until you figure out how to not be a difficult person you don't have to wait to 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 be at a place where you've got everything right because they ain't never going to happen until you're with him That the response is to confess and believe if that's where you are let's let's say this prayer god that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be in your arms. I know I'm a difficult person. I know that, that sin and selfishness and suffering is just running rampant in my life. But I also know and believe and confess right here and right now that Jesus is the only answer. that I hand over my life to you today and pray that you show me how to walk and live in a way that that represents my faith in you. I pray this all, Father. If that's you, I would encourage you raise a hand. Let me know. It's beautiful. Thank you. And if that's you, I would encourage you to, to tell someone, share with someone what God has, has begun to do in your life and how he's called you to him. And for all of us To share to share that story to share that testimony to share your experience with others don't hold it in let her loose and let others know father I, I thank you for I thank you for simple church I thank you for the people that you have sent to our body to our family I pray that Then we walk, when we walk out of here, we are faithful and focused on loving those people around us. Not just the easy ones, but the hard ones. Show me who I'm supposed to respond to today and tomorrow. draw me closer to you that I can be more of the shiny to others. Allow me to be less of a selfish person and more selfless and focusing on others. Father, I thank you for all that you've done in my life and the life of this congregation. I look forward to hearing more stories of your wonderful work through these people here. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.